0: Our are locked on Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day here on this Monday edition of the show. We go back and watch the game previous our film review Mondays as you guys know them as BYU drops their first contest of the year losing to Boise State. What did I learn re-watching the film? A lot, and we'll dig into that. We'll also catch up where BYU is at in the national rankings, tumbling down as you would expect after that loss. We'll get into all of that ahead on this edition of the show. So without further ado, let's dive on in on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 11th, 2021. up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the Morning. And once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. What a tough weekend if you're a BYU fan to stomach the first loss for the Cougars because. That was a disappointing effort, uh, and we're going to dig into that here in just a moment. But after the loss, and some of you may have heard the postcast edition I did with your guys' thoughts and the immediate aftermath of the game, and thank you to all of you who weighed in. I know how tough it is at times to really uh, kind of look at things objectively and sound off with your thoughts. So thank you for your support in that regard. But after the loss, let's start off as we do on Mondays here and look at where BYU checks in in the national rankings. Now, some of you messaged me after I recorded that postcast edition and said, well, there's no way BYU stays in the top 25 after that loss. And I'm, okay, folks, I, I get that being a fan means you look at things when it's good. It seems like there is no end to those good times. When things are down, doesn't seem like the bad times are going to end anytime soon. BYU was ranked 10th. There was literally no chance BYU was going to drop out of the top 25 after losing their first game of the year after five straight wins. As I said on that postcast edition of the show, I thought BYU drop into the 18 to 21 range and I nailed it by and large. BYU checks in the newest AP poll at number 19 going from 10 to 19 and in the coaches poll they dropped a full 10 spots going from number 10 to number 20. And I do have one issue with the AP poll. BYU beat Arizona State head-to-head. Arizona State came to Provo and got beat. And somehow, the Sun Devils at 5-1 and one are now one spot in front of BYU. Okay, uh, some pollsters are going to have to answer some questions about that, in my opinion, because if you have a head-to-head, normally, the team that won that game, you would think would get the respect and be ahead of that team, but I guess BYU still not getting that Power 5 respect they've been so longingly looking for, and maybe that'll change once they enter the Big 12 here in a couple of years, but... That's where BYU checks in. They're going to be a top-20 team as they head to Waco this week. Many of you probably wondering, okay, Jake, well, where is Baylor checking in at? Baylor checks in just three spots outside the top-25 in the AP poll. Uh, They have 62 votes, so Auburn has 106 votes, Clemson 63 votes, Baylor 62 votes, so if you want to extend out the top-25... Baylor ostensibly is number twenty-eight. Texas is at number twenty-five at four and two after their loss to Oklahoma, and the fact that they lost that game is stunning to me. In uh, the others receiving votes in the coaches' poll, Baylor is just two spots outside the top twenty-five. They have ninety-one points or ninety-one uh, votes, or uh, there they are points. The votes tally up to points, so they are two spots outside the top twenty-five. And BYU's got a lot of work ahead of him this week because they have to really. Just focus back in, plain and simple. You cannot go to Baylor and allow this Boise State loss to linger because if you do... Baylor is a very dangerous team. Gary Taylor, their quarterback, has got a big arm. They've got good wide receivers. They've got good athletes across the board. And they will not hesitate to step on your throat. And they also have one other thing. We're going to dig into this later in the week. Baylor happens to have two guys who know BYU's personnel pretty darn well, especially on offense, in Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos. You can guarantee they are going to draw on their experience having worked alongside and with Fessy Satake, Aaron Roderick, Steve Clark, all of the offensive coaches that remained in Provo, they all, they've all got experience with them. And you can guarantee they are going to be looking to exploit what they know about BYU going into this matchup. This is a very tough game for BYU just at the outset of the week I look at this as a game I thought this was the most likely game BYU would lose this season based on what I was looking at going into the Boise game I thought BYU would have their work cut out for them to beat Boise but now they've lost that one and suddenly they're in uh, danger of going from 5-0 to 5-2 you cannot afford to let yourselves down speaking of BYU's players and coaches and go out there and think that you're just going to roll. This is a Baylor team who's also 5-1. They've surprised a lot of folks considering their preseason expectations going into this season and this is going to be a very very tough game for BYU. You have to be careful. BYU's coaches I know will be getting on their guys all week long, showing them what they did wrong against Boise State saying, hey, we got to clean this up. There's a lot. There's a lot to correct and we're going to dig into that in just a moment with what I took away from my film review, but this is, a, this is a testy time for BYU. This is a testing ground because we talked about also in that postcast edition of Locked on Cougars after the Boise State loss, BYU's been a frontrunner for the better part of a year and a half. They fell behind and they were not able to respond the way you probably would have liked them to, to have in that game against Boise State. How would they do with probably the most adversity they have faced to this point? We're going to find out. This is a big test for this BYU team. It's really easy as a player, as a coach, as an administrator, just somebody who's a fan of a team. It's easy to be a front runner. It's easy to be on that bandwagon when the good times are rolling. Well, when some adversity hits you in the face, how will you respond? This is a week we're going to learn a lot about what Kalani Satake has done with this program over the past two years. Will they respond the right way? Will they prepare the right way? Will they travel and keep their eyes on the prize, keep their focus? We're going to learn a lot, and we'll see how it shakes out, and we'll have coaches' interviews throughout the week sound for you guys as they react to the Boise State game and also look ahead to facing off against Baylor. But it's a very, very important week for BYU, and I, for one, I'm looking forward to seeing if the culture that BYU has proclaimed has been revamped under Kalani Satake the past few years, well, will that culture ultimately come to fruition will it yield a bounce back win for BYU as they go up against the Baylor Bears we're going to learn a lot, and I, I look forward to this coming week because this is an interesting week, n- the loss notwithstanding. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we dig into what I take away from my film review, and boy, howdy, I got a lot for you because I took a lot away from that loss, more than I actually thought I would uh, originally going into re-watching the game. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at at Prize Picks, many of you probably have heard about this. Me talk about this over the past couple of weeks. But the fun part about Prize Picks is it's daily fantasy made easy. And the best part is it's you versus the numbers. It's a really simple thing. You pick two to five players, whether it's in the college football ranks, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and an over/under on their projections in any given game. And you can win up to ten times back on your entry. And it's just you versus those projected numbers. It's really, really simple. You can make your entries in sixty seconds or less. You can do it online at pricepicks.com or you can download their award-winning app on your favorite app store. It's really, really fun and I think this is actually a really cool way to go about daily fantasy. They offer any prop you can think of, especially in the college football ranks, yardages, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And right now, all of our listeners at Locked On Cougars can go to pricepicks.com and get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 just by using the promo code LOCKEDON when you make that deposit. Yes, a 100% match on up to $100. Think of it as up to $200 of free money to play with using the promo code LOCKEDON. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well for your winnings. Like I said, you can get to their website, Prizepicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On for that 100% match up to $100 or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. It's an absolute privilege and an honor to be with you guys every single day talking all things BYU. And as promised, let's dig in now to our film review from the Boise State loss for BYU. And at the outset of this, folks, let me just say this. Rewatching this game against Boise State, I... I was taken back to 2018 and 2019 for BYU, and what I mean by that is, in this game, I saw a lot of good things, a lot of snippets of BYU where they were at their best, stuff that we had seen during the 2020 season and the first five games of 2021, where BYU was a very good team, playing as a unit, doing their 111th, all of those cliches you want to go with, but then... We're talking about penalties. We're talking about turnovers. We're talking about critical mistakes in critical moments that just hurt BYU. And that's what I saw in this game against Boise State. It was almost as if BYU as a team transported itself back to 2018 and 2019 and repeatedly shot itself in the foot. Think, as I talked about in the postcast, what BYU did to Arizona State in that win earlier this season. Arizona State had turnovers. They had penalties, inopportune moments in the game. Well, that's exactly what happened to BYU in this game against Boise State, and I got to give the Broncos credit. They kept a level head, they forced opportune turnovers, and they took advantage of those turnovers. Rewatching this game on the defensive side of the football, BYU's defense by and large did their part folks. And I know that they gave up 26 points. You're saying Jake, but they gave up four field goals and two touchdowns. Do you guys realize and our good friends over at Cougar Stats pointed this out that Air- that Boise State, not Arizona, say Boise State only needed 36 total yards to get the two touchdowns they scored in this game. 36 yards. Of course, that does not take into account the pass interference yardage on the second touchdown after Katoa's just awful fumble on that kickoff return. 36 yards, they punch those in for touchdowns. After that, BYU's defense when not put in a bad spot as they were in those two situations. They held Boise State, despite letting Boise State get down near the goal line in multiple instances, they held them to four field goals. They gave up 12 points. I put the other 14 points on BYU's offense. I put the other 14 points on BYU's special teams for that fumble by Lopini Katoa. Lopini Katoa was rightfully benched in this game. If you're going to cough up the ball and carry it like a loaf of bread and lose it, you are going to sit your rear end on the bench, and you're not going to get off that bench. BYU rightfully benched him in the second half of that game, and Tyler Algier, as banged up and as tired as that young man was, BYU told him, you've got to be the guy here. We cannot trust Katoa to carry the ball. That's how it goes. This is high-level football, and anybody who thinks that Lupini Katoa should have been put back into that game, you're dead wrong. Let me get that out of the way right now. BYU's defense did their Part in this game. Boise State is not a juggernaut on offense. That's evidenced by the fact that they only scored 26 points, but they still won this game by 9 points. BYU's offense killed themselves with penalties. Holding penalties late in this game. Fault starts. You're playing at home. BYU played like the team we saw go 7-6 and six in back-to-back years in 2018 and 2019 when it seemed like there were opportunities in both of those seasons for BYU to maybe get to 9 or 10 wins. They repeatedly lost games that they shouldn't have. This Boise State game was that. It was a miserable watch, rewatch of this game because I'm sitting there, I've done this show, I've done this podcast daily since the beginning of the 2018 season. I have talked about these games. I have covered these games in mass. You guys know how engrossed I am in covering the Cougars. I am a beat reporter on a day-to-day basis. They're in the trenches with my fellow compatriots who cover the Cougars. I have been there day in and day out with this team and this Boise State game felt like I was transported back three years, and I'm watching BYU just make error after error when it seemed like in 2020 and through the first five games of this year, they had put all of that behind them. Was it a simple fact that BYU got too big of a head? Possibly. But this was not the type of performance that BYU had put on the field for the better part of 18 months. I, I'm stunned, folks. Rewatching this game, I'm sitting there, I'm writing down notes, and I'm just like, well, that's something we haven't seen in a while. Oh, that's another thing we haven't seen in a while. It just, it. It was it was tough playing so it was tough to watch this because i'm sitting there just watching this, saying this is the type of stuff that got byu to seven and six during 2018 and 2019 and this is the stuff they did not do when they got to 11 and one last year racked up a 5-0 record going into this past game so far in 2021 i can't explain it was just an off week for everybody possibly but man it was just Tough to watch. A couple of things I wanted to pass along as well. On the side of Boise State to defend them a little bit, they scouted BYU extremely well. Think about it. They When BYU went with play action, Boise State trusted their eyes. Their back end of their defense was not fooled by the razzle-dazzle of BYU's offense. It's something BYU has caught multiple teams on this year where they've been able to go downfield with play action, uh, reverse passes, all that stuff. Boise State was ready for it. This was as well-scouted a game from Boise State as I can remember in a long time against BYU. i got to give Andy Avalos and his crew, his team, his coaches, all the people involved with the Boise State football program, I give them their full due. They won this game because they were ready for BYU and what BYU, BYU was going to throw at them. BYU decided to go with the majority of drop eight scheme to try and uh, clog up the passing lanes. And you know what? Hank Bachmeyer and the Boise State offense, as he said in his post-game press conference, is going to drop eight. We've been throwing the ball a lot this year and credit to our team. We ran the ball well. They doubled their season average in rushing yardage with 140 yards in this game. They got themselves in advantageous down in distances, something BYU did not do by and large for multiple parts of this game. This was frustrating to watch BYU. Defensively, I'm going to give Scott Matlock from Boise State, defensive player of the game honors. He was an absolute monster for Boise State. Number 99, you might remember him. He had a, a tat, tatted up arms. Uh, really was just making play after play. He made life miserable on the interior of BYU's offensive line. James Zempi had come back from an injury that he missed the previous week against Utah State with. He didn't necessarily seem like he was himself for multiple instances in this game. Well, Scott Matlock and also Jackson Cravens, funny enough, a former Timview product who went to the University of Utah before transferring to Boise State, they were very, very good on the interior of Boise's defensive line. Joe Tukuafu, Clark Barrington, they had their work cut out for them in this game. BYU ha- excuse me. Boise State had BYU's number in terms of what they knew was coming at them. On offense, when Boise State saw the three-man front and where they went, kind of that wide nine technique where essentially BYU only lines up a nose tackle, head over the center, so in that case Satunai Amahe or Caden Hawes, then you have two defensive ends who kind of got that pinch look on the outside with that three-man technique. Well, they're playing outside the tackle, you have four different gaps that you can run through, and BYU's linebackers are supposed to fill those gaps, and they were unable to do so. I think the loss of Keenan Peely is being exposed right now for BYU's defense. Number 41 for BYU through the first four games of this year before he was lost for the season due to that torn ACL, he was so good at filling gaps in the run game for BYU, and it allowed that three-man drop-eight alignment to work in many instances. It's not working now. I like guys like Chaz Ayou, I like Ben Bywater, I like Peyton Wilgar, but they are not fitting the run game right now in terms of being able to come up and fill the gaps where they need to step in it's, it's tough to watch. It was really tough to watch them play after play, get gapped. And one other thing is that Boise State, they realized, you know what, if we are going to have success running the ball, we're going to pull offensive linemen. They pulled their center, they pulled guards, Jake Stets, uh, number 68, their left guard was pulling seemingly every other play. And BYU never was able to get an answer for that. BYU's defensive line, they did not hold up in the gaps, especially when getting washed down in those pulls. When the guard pulls out, the rest of the offensive line, what their job is to do, it's easier to show on film, so I apologize that I'm not able to show this in person, but their idea is what they call wash down. They're pushing every defensive lineman from where that guard pulls from, they're trying to push them down the line to that spot. And BYU, they went with the, they they were like water. They went to the easiest spot that was given to them, and that's exactly what that offensive line does, and all of a sudden, Cyrus Habibi Lakio or Andrew Van Buren, who, by the way, both got beat up in this game, they were able to run free and pick up yardage, and it was a very, very frustrating thing, and I think BYU's defense, they have to be careful going into this game against Boise State, because you can guarantee Jeff Grimes, he knows the personnel BYU's got. He knows how they're going to line up on defense. He's going to see what Boise State did, and he's going to think, okay, Boise State can do this, My guys can do it to BYU. The Cougars, they've got to go back to the drawing board a little bit here and try and find a new answer for it. I thought at times they went to that four-man alignment on the defensive line, putting guys like Pepe Tonavasa out there uh, in a three-point stance as a true defensive end. I thought they had a little better success against Boise State, but not for long because just like dog to its vomit, they went right back to the three-man alignment. I don't know. Uh, it, it was frustrating. Uh, and I know I'm using that word time and time again, but this was a game that I just was frustrated watching it and watching mistakes happen and just all kinds of stuff that just was abnormal for what we had seen over the past 18 months for BYU come to the forefront. It was just, and it was not just one individual player, it was players all over the place. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about the offense and special teams here in just a moment, but this was just one of those games that it felt like BYU could not get out of their own way and that's frustrating because they've been out of their own way it felt like by and large for 18 months and it racked up 17 oh, excuse me 16 wins in their past 17 games <laughs> man seasons not, season is not lost but there needs to be some accountability some Changes in terms of BYU uh, trying to find a new answer for what had been working because it's been blown up. Now the the playbook is out there to beat BYU, and now you have to find a way to respond to that. All right, so we'll dig more into that. I've got some thoughts on the special teams and the offense, in particular, for BYU. We'll dig into here momentarily, but first, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. and You guys know that I'm a huge fan of Built Bars. The best part about Built Bars is they taste like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. And what I enjoy about them is not only are they delicious, they're also healthy for you guys. 17 to 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories per bar, depending on which bar you happen to choose. Four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. Those macros are absolutely incredible and I want you guys to give them a shot. My recommendation if you're a first-timer just going to built.com for the first time is to order what they call their Variety Pack. It comes with 18 bars, two of every one of the, what they call their base flavors. You can try them all out, see what you like, see what you don't, and then go back and order your favorites. I've got some of my favorites like the Coconut Almond, the Cherry barcia, and also the Peanut Butter Brownie. I believe that there is a flavor or, a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a taste that you will enjoy as well from built Bar. So get to Built.com. Place your order now, and while you're there, please use the promo code Locked15. L O C K E D one five for fifteen percent off your order. Locked15 for fifteen percent off your order. And by the way, when you support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football players via a name, image, and likeness agreement that they have with each member of the BYU football program. So once again, that's Built.com. Place your order now. Use that promo code Locked15 for fifteen percent off your order. Support BYU football by 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 supporting Built Bar today's show is brought to you by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. Absolutely love this company and I know Seth is probably about as fired up as I am but you know what other thing he is fired up about? He is fired up about pest control. He wants you guys to have the best experience when it comes to taking care of your pest control needs no matter if it's spiders, mice ants, termites, cockroaches or anything in between or beyond that, they've got it covered for you over at All Guard Pest Control. Whether it's residential or commercial pest control, they are there for they're based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch front, whether that's Salt Lake, Davis, or Weber counties, even out of the Tooele and Wasatch counties, they're happy to come to you. I love this company. They've taken care of my house for the better part of three years now, and they have handled everything that I've thrown at them. They can do the same for you. If you need their services, feel free to give them a call anytime, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or go online to check out their website, which actually has a really cool resource that you actually can select the pest you're dealing with. It'll tell you the telltale signs to look out for and what you might do to help remediate the situation yourself. And you can see that at Control com. That's Controls with an S.com. Check them out, guys. That's AllGuard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. Also go online to AllGuardPestControls.com and make sure you tell them that J Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. Before we go on this Monday edition of the podcast, I before I sound way too harsh on BYU, I don't want to come off as just saying that BYU is an abject failure in this game. They had moments where it seemed like they were actually going to escape with a victory and keep that dream season alive. Well, it did not play out that way, and credit to Boise State for winning this one. I felt like this game, it turned on its head, and it was lost in about a minute and 30 seconds of game time. And what I mean by that is, when you had Tyler Algier fumble the ball, and he was carrying it and trying to get a guy off him with one hand, he should have had the other hand covering that ball, it gets punched out, Boise State punches in that touchdown, they kick it off, Lopini Katoa stumbles a little bit, is carrying the ball like a loaf of bread, he doesn't have it up against his rib cage. that ball gets ripped out, and they get the ball back, they go down and score two touchdowns in the span of about minute 30 of game time, that's when this game was lost for BYU, I felt like. I felt like every bit of momentum BYU had in this game was lost in that moment and the Cougars, the win went out of their sails and they struggled to ultimately get it back and they ultimately fall by 9 points in this game. There were curious decision making uh, in terms of the opportune times to go for it on 4th down and Kalani Sitake has said in the past and I will give him credit that he is uh, a guy who looks at the metrics and understands what the down and distance situation and what the probabilities are and he goes with it and sometimes it's a gut decision and you just look at it and say you know what our team's got this and he went for it a lot in this game and there are questions obviously about when BYU did that the biggest thing is yeah that minute 30 in the second quarter where it went from 10-3 to 17-10 just absolutely flipped this game on its head also another thing for BYU's offense in this game and I actually didn't realize this until I was re-watching the game and Dave Pash. Pointed, at, pointed it out. When BYU got their first drive of the second half, just over eight minutes to go, I think it was eight minutes and eight seconds after the first uh, first play of the second half, in twenty, nearly 22 minutes of game time. So we're talking 21 minutes and 52 seconds of game time. In that entire span, from the start of the second quarter to midway through the third quarter, BYU's offense had a grand total of two first downs. Miserable inexcusable mistakes inopportune penalties all of that played into it the turnovers obviously and this this is a game i think byu's coaching staff is going to look at and point to their guys and say what in the world gentlemen what were you guys doing and obviously there are going to be plenty of questions in media availability coming up today tomorrow and wednesday when we speak with the coaches and players that I look forward to getting some answers on. I'm not expecting thorough answers because it's just not how things go in this day and age. We're not there in person. We can't read body language. They're doing it via zoom. We're not going to get the right answers, but uh, not the right. Okay. Not the right answers is the wrong term. Now I'm not going to get the answers. I think you're going to satisfy anybody, including yours truly. I just, don't see that we're going to get that, and we'll ultimately uh, find out uh, what. We'll, okay, we'll find out what they're willing to tell us, and we'll try and build off of that. Another thing that I felt like was not great in this game was the decision making in special teams. You had Lopina Katoa fumble it, then he gets taken out, and then they insert JaVel Brown as the kick returner for BYU, and he ends up making some curious decisions in terms of returns. Hobbs Nyberg, his first punt return, uh, he kind of misplayed the ball and had to try to catch it like side saddle, and he muffed it and luckily recovered that one. The special teams was a little bit of a joke for BYU in this game, and I'm not sure why BYU didn't take more opportunities maybe to kick field goals and to maybe get game a little bit closer in certain circumstances, especially in that fourth quarter, but... You know what? You got to live with it. You got to move on. Now, um, one other note here is BYU. Late in that game, they're trying to get back into it. They're down nine, and they are, they need about four or five yards after a holding call against James MP. They need about four to five yards to get into field goal range. And we all know that Jake Oldridge he's got a big leg. He's hit two fifty-four yarders. I would actually believe that BYU's coaching staff would trust him from probably sixty yards into in with that big of a leg that he has got. Well, I think everything that summed up this game was that Jaron Hall tried to play the part of Hero and was really pushing the ball downfield, whether he was coached to do that or whether he was just trying to go out there and make a play. Well, he heaves a ball into traffic, he gets picked off, and that's ball game. when all they needed was four to five yards to set up a field goal get within six once again, maybe, attempt, to not, well, no, not maybe. They would attempt an onside kick, maybe get the ball back and have a chance to win it. No, they go out and uh, bad decision to throw the ball into four or five guys of traffic there. It's picked off. And that's all she wrote, folks. I felt like that just kind of summed up how this game went for BYU. Frustrating, 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 frustrating. There is no doubt about that. So hopefully you guys learned something. I didn't want to necessarily uh, spend too much time harping on this, but I did spend what almost a half hour harping on it. So it is what it is. Hopefully I helped uh, kind of get some of your guys' frustrations out by expounding on what I was frustrated with watching this. I, like I said, this is a game I felt like I was transported back to 2018 and 2019 for BYU, where they had moments of brilliance in games, but also just absolute dumbfounding moments where they ultimately lost games that they should have won and I think you can chalk this one up as one that they will rue giving away to Boise State. There is no Doubt about that. Now, a couple of quick notes before we go on today's show is better weekends for other BYU teams in action. The number nine ranked BYU women's volleyball team notched its ninth consecutive sweep, beating Gonzaga 25-7, 25-20, 25-14 at the Smith Fieldhouse on Saturday afternoon. Cougars are now 16-1 overall, 6-0 in the West Coast Conference, and are only getting better. They have swept their last 27 consecutive sets. Very impressive there. Also, BYU women's soccer, all they do is just wrap up goals, apparently. The 20th ranked Cougars dominated San Diego in a 6-0 victory at Southfield Saturday night, notching their third straight win. BYU is now 8-3-1 on the season. They're undefeated in conference play with a spotless 3-0 record. And they just score all kinds of goals. BYU will be welcoming Pacific to Southfield this coming Saturday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. You can tune into that on BYU Radio. The women's volleyball team will be headed to LA to take on Loyola Marymount Thursday. That's at 7 o'clock Pacific time. 8 o'clock mountain time for the women's volleyball team. And then two other notes for you guys is congratulations to Whitney Orton. She was named the West Coast Conference Runner of the Month for Women's Cross Country. While her counterpart on the men's side of things, Connor Mance, the defending individual national champion, he was named Runner of the Month on the men's side from the West Coast Conference. So congratulations to both of them on those honors. Alright, that's going to do it. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys coming up here as soon as we wrap up here to go into Check out Locked On Big 12. Stay up to speed on everything going, in, going on in BYU's future conference home. Our good friend Josh Neighbors gets you up to speed in 30 minutes or less. So get that free and available wherever you get your podcast. Also, make sure you follow this show on social media for the latest on the podcast, latest in BYU sports. Follow Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My personal Twitter feed, I also put a lot of stuff out there as well, Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you can email the show anytime. Comments, concerns, whatever you've got for us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 11th, 2021. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow.